So here's the topic today. Are yoga, Pokemon, anime, Harry Potter, are all of these, are the Marvel series, are they a gateway and a doorway to demons and to the demonic? And here's the answer right up front. Yes. Yes, they are. But here's what I want to tell you. Is it the way that you think it is? Maybe, but there's probably another way that it's a gateway that we're unaware of, and that's what I'm going to talk about more than anything else, and I want you to see that. So there, it is a gateway. It's kind of like most people are very aware that like marijuana is a gateway drug to harder drugs because when those inhibitions are let down, it gives them the ability to take the next step. And years ago, the Lord uh, said this to me. He said, how is a wall of protection built or torn down? And the answer is one brick at a time. And so when you understand that the devil will take deceptions and he'll build a wall of separation between you and God or divisiveness, one brick at a time, or the protections against your life spiritually, he'll tear them down by tearing down one truth at a time. So we have to be mindful of that. The Bible teaches us to be mindful of it. And I want to say before we even jump in that mostly who I'm talking to here, I understand that people watch this that are not Christians, that are not believers in Jesus. Uh, but most of what I'm giving, I'm giving principles of Christ. I'm not giving principles of the world. So if you're expecting me to give a logic and a principle of the world, you're not going to find that. You're going to find the principles of Jesus. Because these are things that have really messed up a lot of people over time. And it's not just, I mean, there's been numbers of things that you could fill in the blank. I mean, we could, we could fill in the thumbnail with pictures from all kinds of things throughout history. The issue is there's a principle, and that's what I want to talk to. There's a principle that opens up the doorway, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want us to look. I'm going to give you something right off the bat that should, for any believer, for any Christian, this should seal what you should do with any of these things right from the beginning, and I think you'll see it. And uh, I woke up this morning, and the Lord, I was praying about the series, and as soon as I woke up, the Lord dropped these two scriptures in my heart, and I think that you're going to find that it's very interesting. So let's look first at uh, John chapter 17 and verse 15 and 16. So John 17, verse 15 and 16. Go ahead and read that. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So the basic truths that I want you to see here is, obviously, and we can tell this, we're in this world, right? And God's not looking to uh, cause you to escape this world. God is actually leaving you in this world, but in this world he has the desire to keep you from evil. Praise God. That's a good thing so that we'll be blessed. We're going to talk about how to escape that evil at the end of this. So right here, I'm going to give you a principle of the word that will save you in so, so many hardships in the future. Then we're going to talk some specifics about some of these specific names that we, you know, yoga, anime, Harry Potter, the Marvel series, you know, uh, Pokemon. We're going to talk about some of them specifically. 
And, uh, but then I'm going to come back to and I'm going to show you how the Lord will keep you and what we can do to stay away from the things that would harm us in that way. And, and some of these that we listed, some of them are more vile than others. Some of them are more evil you know, than others. Uh, some of them are, uh, comparison, you know, speaking by comparison, neutral, like in a sense. But not neutral in the spirit. And so, but, but some of them don't look bad. And see, that's the thing about the devil is he, he'll try to get you whatever he can to get to remove one of those bricks. Remember in Revelation, the worst is not, he, he said, be hot or cold. Like, I'm thinking cold is very bad. If you're cold for God, that's very bad. Yeah. But he literally says the worst is the lukewarm. And so the devil comes with lukewarm all the time so that he can take away from the hotness of Christianity and turn you cold, right? He constantly comes with lukewarm. He knows that if he shows up with a pitchfork dressed in red and breathing fire and evil, most people are going to reject that. He knows that, so he doesn't do that. He gives us gateway thoughts, gateway items to entangle ourselves with. And this is what I want you to see. So, but the principle of God is this. Now watch this very clearly because literally this should clear up everything for the believer no matter what details are in what we're about to talk about. This should clear it up. And he says, you're in the world, but then Jesus says this, but they believers are not of the world. They're not of the world. All right, now this isn't the major point yet, but it's a key to it. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. That means that we are going to come in contact with evil. Yeah. We're going to come in contact with a corrupted world. We're going to come in contact with things we should not be a part of, right? We're going to come in contact with it. All right, so coming in contact with it obviously is okay. Coming in contact with it is okay. And we can see that. But we're not of the world, so taking apart with it is different. So there's one thing to come in contact with it. It's another thing to take part with it. They're not of it. They're not a part with it. And I want to go a step further and show you this. Look at this verse, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 4. No soldier in active service, and, and look at this word, entangles himself with and no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life and the context is of the world no soldier entangles himself in the everyday life of the world so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, when you go into Timothy and you read this verse, you understand he's talking about the believer. He's talking about no believer should leave the things of God and entangle himself with ungodly things. Now, I want, I want you to see this. Before I get into that, and this, that's the point, I'm going to show it to you. I want you to see this too in Luke 8.14. Will you read that? Luke 8.14. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Now we know from John chapter 15 
uh, we are absolutely called to bring forth fruit. And we see here that no fruit will come up when a believer is choked or entangled. The thorns have choked and entangled around the seed of the word and the fruitfulness and the things that would choke it and bring you to no fruitfulness is worries and riches and pleasures of this life. Mark chapter 4 shows the same story and it says this, they are choked with the desires for other things. All right, so this choking for over things of the world will bring you to unfruitfulness, which is against what God has told us. And this choking shows the entanglement with the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Now, just think about the word entangled, all right? Entangled literally means to entwine, weave into, or involve with. Entwine, weave into, or involve with. All right, so, but just the word entangled means I've gotten myself in a tangled mess, you know. I, I, my sister, uh, Ashley, I can remember when she was little and she'd be playing, she'd get her hairs in knots, and I'd take a brush, I'm brushing it out, she'd be like, ugh, ugh, you know, as I'm brushing it, because her hair had gotten tangled, right? Yeah. Which means it's wrapped around, twisted in, and to separate it is hard. Yeah. Because, all right, now, so the word literally says, you're going to be in this world and you're going to touch evil things, but you shouldn't be apart with it, and you should never get to the place where it's hard to break you free from it. Yeah. Now, you take all of these things, and somebody, these items that we're talking about today, they're a pet. They are that person's favorite thing. Yeah. And that means, and that's why you say, anything that takes you more than a split second to let go of, you're entangled with. And if you're entangled with it, you're not. You're going to choke on it. You're going to be unfruitful in that area, and you got to be willing in a heartbeat to give it up if the Holy Ghost said it. And if you're, if you find your flesh fighting to stay connected to something, anything, anything, you find your flesh fighting to stay connected to it. You're not just touching it now. You're entangled with it. Now, this right here, this, this literally solves the rest. We're going to talk about yeah. some of the details. But anything that I want to fight to hold on to is a problem. And I found myself years ago when I'd hear people talking about these issues, I would say, if you know that something is obviously close to the line of godliness or ungodliness, why play with that thing? Yeah. Why fight to keep that? When you know that it's close to ungodliness, why fight that? Don't do that. We no believers should do. According to these scriptures, no believers should do that. And so we can see just from this principle, we're not supposed to be entangled with anything. And so if I find my flesh trying to hold on to something, I'm entangled with that. And that's the very thing that God tells us in His Word. We should never have that issue. We yeah. should be so separate from the world, right? What was coming up to me as you were saying that was how important is it to um, 
Um, you know, m- many churches are like, oh my goodness, this church, many people say, this church just gives an offering every Sunday. And yeah. they just talk about finances so much. They're constantly. But this shows how important is it to have an active lifestyle where yes. we are giving the least of these things money on it. We are giving of ourselves to God on a consistent basis. I'm Because if I can't give $5 in an offering, I'm not going to be able to give any of these things. Correct. Like how, so as you were talking, it was just coming up to me. How important is it to continually be giving to the Lord? And in this practice of, Lord, everything I have is yours. That's what Lord means. Lord means you are the Lord of everything in my life. I own, I have nothing. It's all yours. Yeah. Money, money falls into this as well because because you can literally, uh, that is one of the first stepping stones and one of the easiest things to be entangled with. And literally, it's listed here in Luke, Luke 8, 14. They're choked with the worries and riches yeah. and pleasures of this life. It's literally one of the a- actual things that's listed there that you can be entangled with and fruit choked out of your life because you're not willing to part you, you have taken part with the things of this world and, and you've gotten entangled with them instead of just using them and moving on, right? And so it's not, but not just finances, all of these things, anything can become an idol in that way. And here's the danger of it. And this is what I was saying. Is it a gateway? Yes. And, I, and what I'm saying is I'm not calling out any one of those names. I'm saying Anything that entangles you in the world is a gateway to the demonic. Anything. Why? Because when you say, I want to keep that thing, then you are putting it on the throne in front of Jesus. That means you're closing the door to God and opening the door to something that's not God. So anything that you are entangled with that is of the world that you can't part with it's a gateway to the demonic. And you, so you see what I said at the beginning. I'm going to show you how it is, but it, and it's kind of simpler than what people think. Anything that you can't let go of in this world is a gateway to that demonic thing. And it, it can be simple. It can be your favorite, you know, car. It can be your it can be money. It can be uh, your favorite toy, you know? It can be your, a game that you play. And it doesn't have to even have anything demonic in it. It doesn't have to have anything demonic in it. But it can be a gateway to that because you're literally telling God no and telling the thing of the world yes. So you're yielding to the corrupted world stuff and unyielding the holy God. Right. You see what I'm saying? So the, a Christian should never have these issues. A Christian, a Christian and a believer should see these things and literally be able to, in a moment, say, Lord, this is yours. This is yours. This is yours. And this principle is now you take that principle and then compare it to what we're going to talk about, some of the items in each one of these. But before we do, I want you to see this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And listen to this. It says, do not, verse 14, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership or what part does righteousness and lawlessness, does, what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship 
has light with darkness. See, these things aren't supposed to mix. Matter of fact, he tells us in the Old Testament that the ministers should be held accountable for not teaching about a mixture of the holy and the profane. Ministers should teach on not having a mixture. And what does that mean? That means when you have a mixture of the holy and the profane, the profane simply means common. It doesn't necessarily mean evil. It means if it's not holy, it's common. And he says, you need to teach them that holiness and common things should not mix, should not be intertwined, should not be entangled. And he held the preachers responsible for that. Maybe Buddy can find the scripture and put it up. But he says, the preachers need to teach the people so that they won't have a mixture. And what does a mixture mean? It means, a mixture means I've taken a part of this and a part of item two and I have made them a part of each other. It's a mixture. You see, you see that, okay? And then he says, so what part, what mixture should light have with darkness? No, light doesn't mix with darkness. Light overcomes darkness. It doesn't mix with darkness. And you are children of light. Again, I'm talking to believers. If people of the world see this, listen, there's a promise in Christ that you can walk in a blessing. And it's not taking away stuff. Every time the Lord has said, hey, you don't need to mess with that. There's a dark reason why I don't need to mess with that. I just haven't been able to see it. But when I give it over to the Lord, all of a sudden I find there's something better in God that doesn't have the baggage, right? And and it's so awesome, right? And so that's what you can have. You can have an inheritance with God Almighty who created the universe and be one of his children and have his inheritance. And it's awesome. You want to talk about power. And I'm talking about power of God you can walk in. There you go. He, buddy just put that up, Ezekiel 44, 23. Moreover, they shall, talking about the ministers, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause the people to discern between the unclean and the clean, the, the holy and the common, right? He calls common things profane because you can't bring common into holiness and not be a profane thing. You don't want that mixture. So he says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? You're the temple of God. What yeah. agreement do you as the temple have with an idol that you can't let go of? Right? You see this. And then, then you see this. He says, for we are the temple of the living God, just as God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, here's the commandment. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Come out from the midst of common and, and ungodly and be separate. You believer, be separate. Yeah. So before you talk about any of the details of any of these things, the principles here, yeah. right? Come out and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So you see that. Come out. Come out and be separate. That's the command from, to, I'm talking to believers, to the one that you call Lord, the director of your life that's supposed to be in control. He gave us a direct command, come out from the unclean thing and don't be a part of it. 
So, and you would say, well, man, what if I have a lot invested in this? What if, it, what if it's like yoga and I just spent the last 10 years spending thousands of dollars training and this is my livelihood? Well, you have a choice to make. Do, are, you, are you giving yourself to your livelihood, or are you giving yourself to God? And I understand you've been, you might have been deceived by the world in these things, but now you got to decide who's your Lord. Who is your Lord? Because if you can't let go of something, then that thing's got you entangled, right? And that we are not supposed to be in that place. Does this make yeah, sense? It does. Honestly, yeah. the as soon as you you started reading a scripture just a few minutes ago, as soon as you started reading it, there was this like weight that like this holiness that just like dropped. Yeah. Yes. Like, there was this anointing or power. Something just dropped a few minutes ago, and yes, it's serious. It like, is serious. And yeah, God is calling His people to be holy. Yes, and as soon before you even read the part about being the temple. As soon as you started yeah. just on this topic, what was coming up to me was we have identified ourselves as common. The world has identified us right. as common. Yes. And see, when you start talking about these things, now we're not touching the common things. We're touching the holy things. And when you start touching the holy things and by, by reading scripture and agreeing with scripture, we're taking part with the holy things and all yeah. of a sudden the holy starts to drop in and yeah. that anointing starts yeah. to drop in. But yeah. and, and as this is coming out, how important is it for us yeah. to realize that we are holy? Because yes. if we see in that word that we are holy, we are the Correct. temple of Correct. the living God, yes. Yes. then... We have the realization of, I don't want to touch. I don't want to partake something Correct. that's not holy because Correct. if I'm holy, but if the world, if my flesh, if my brain can convince me that I'm common, I will be okay participating in the common. Yes, correct. So one of the things that, that you see is that you no matter what it is, we got to be willing to let it go if the Holy Spirit says let it go. You know, we're in the world, but not of the world. You know, this challenges me, like, like for example, um, let, let's just take Marvel, for instance. I like the Marvel franchise. I like where it started. I like Captain America. I like all the stories. I like Iron Man. I like, I even like Spider-Man. And um, so, <laughs> I, but one of the things, that was actually one of my favorite things growing up. But you have to understand that the more that you uh, dabble in common, ungodly, corrupted world things, the more you're drawn into it. It's like quicksand. Yeah. And if you'll watch most of these series, have you ever watched a TV series and it starts out clean? Yes. And then like season two, it's a little bit more edgy. And like season three or four, a lot of times they'll just deep dive into the demonic and, I mean, just completely profane things. Especially the finales. Like they get you with the finales. Correct. The finales are really interesting. And they hook you wanting to know the end of the story. And I've found that so many things are like that. Marvel was kind of like that, too, where it's like it started as this really kind of pure hero thing. And then you've got dark heroes. And you've got it, now it's not just clean, do good. It's like just be powerful. That can that's corrupting. Power is corrupting in that way, and even the thought of power 
can be corrupting. And you see, we went through, you know, uh, we, you go through all those movies and you're, you're looking at the, um, what, what's it, the end, end game. Yeah. And you're looking at all of that coming up to the end. I want to know what's happening. But I'm watching each movie is, is adding a little piece here and there. And then now they're doing the series. And, and then, uh, and I want, you want to see the end, right? But then you go in and you got, you know, on the picture that we have, you had, uh, Doctor Strange in there, and you had the the Scarlet Witch. I don't know. Maybe that's a an indicator. You know, just in the title. Oh, it that doesn't maybe, mean. I know it says Scarlet Witch. It doesn't right. mean. That. Well, let me tell you. I'm pretty familiar with spiritual stuff, and I have cast out devils, and I know what it looks like and feels like. They're dabbling in straight up ungodliness, and like when I went to see the first Doctor Strange movie, I was like. Praise God, I know the difference, but there's a lot of people that are innocent and don't know spiritual things that yeah. are going to be have major yeah. spiritual problems yeah. simply by watching this movie well, and because it opens up some stuff. What's interesting is many people, I've, I've heard, and I've heard you say this, from other countries, they come to America and they, yes. they yeah. are able to tell us how yes. spiritually unaware America is compared Very, yes. to other countries. Yes. But look at where Hollywood is coming from. Yes. Look at where all these movies are coming from, and they're coming from America. Yes. They are tar they Correct. America is the feeding ground of all of this this yes. stuff. And America yes. is so clueless though compared to now if they did that that move if they did yeah. certain things in Africa, they'd be like, Oh, this is demonic. Yeah, but here yeah. we're like, Oh no, it's fine. Correct. And so you see so here's what happened with me. I'm okay with I'm okay with heroes. I'm okay with a good story. I love, like, I can read a fictional book and not be bothered by that. That's, that's in the world, but not necessarily taking part of its nature and everything. But when they start dealing with things that are directly contrary to God, like now you're crossing a line over into, we're not just, we're not just being neutral anymore. You're directly contrary to faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ. Now I need to I need to re-examine that, right? And you'll see, I love this, I love this picture that Jesus gives us at the Last Supper, where he he's going to wash their feet. And Peter says, You're not washing my feet, Lord. And then he says, then he says, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Now, hear this. <laughs> Jesus said, if you don't let me wash you. And keep you clean, Let, let's fill in the blank, from sin, uncommon, unholy, profane, corrupted things of the world, you have no part with me. Now that right there ought to be a wake-up call to every believer, like this is not a game, right? And this is what he, and Jesus said to Peter after he had been with him for three and a half years, and Peter's going to be, you know, this major guy in this church. But he says, you don't let me wash you right now. you got no part with me. And Peter, I love what Peter responds. Peter responds to go, then don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. And then, and Jesus says, no, you're clean, but you have need for me to wash your feet. In other, now watch this. Why would that be? They wouldn't take a bath like we would take a bath all the time. They, it wasn't the same way. They didn't have running water in their houses in every house and everything like that. 
But they would take a general bath, but then they would walk from place to place with their sandals. So they would walk in a dirty world. You're in the world, but not of it. And they couldn't help. They would be clean, basically, from the feet up, but their feet would be dirty because they were in a, in a dirty world. They weren't part of the world, but they were in it. And there would be things that accumulated on them. And what Jesus is basically saying is, as you walk through this world, as you walk through this world, things will try to accumulate you, on you. On a regular basis, go back and make sure you, you knock off the dirt, knock off the gunk that's tried to cling to your life. So you're going to be in a world and touching things, but on a regular basis, you make sure nothing is clinging to you, right? This is so, can you see how clear this is? Can you see how point blank this is? And yet we play with these things, right? So going back to the Marvel series, I'm watching it now. They start touching into, you know, you get into the Doctor Strange movie, you get into the Scar- Scarlet Witch series, and I'm like, I mean, at the beginning of Scarlet Witch series, they're basically having a witch's incantation. You know, they're, they're basically giving power this way. And she's supposed to be good power. Listen, if power doesn't come from God, it's not good. It's not good. It's not like, well, I'm a white witch. No, you're a witch in that way. You're a witch. And that is an abomination because you're drawing power not from God, especially when you start. All right. It's one thing to say, okay, I have a power from what's the vibranium or whatever, whatever it is in the Marvel series. That's from some substance there. It's another thing when you take a real world cult like witchcraft and say, that's where my power comes from. This is not a, this is not a fabrication. This is a real world thing. I've known witches. I've known warlocks that have gotten born again and been my friend. It's a real world thing. And it's not a game. It's for real. It's for keeps. And the devil knows it, but many Christians are unaware. And that's why that verse that Buddy posted is, you need to make sure that you know what the difference is between them and where that line is. So they started going into that stuff, and, and everybody in my family was enjoying the entertainment. But when they got into that, I said, we're done. That's it. I, I really we're done. thought this series was very interesting. Like yeah, I, it was I genuinely, interesting. I, I thought it was genuinely interesting. I really enjoyed the entertainment value of it. I, I really liked it, and I hated to say we're done, but I'm not going to entangle myself with it, you see? Because yeah. the things that we are doing, not just as a pastor, the things that we are doing as believers are life and death to other people. I don't have the luxury, not as a pastor, as a believer to entangle myself with something that can choke out fruit, that that fruit may be life or death eternally for somebody else. I don't have that luxury because Jesus is my Lord. And so I made the call, you know, I made the call. We're not watching anymore. And I hate, listen, I hate they went that direction, but that was their call thinking that that was okay. And they're wrong. And just because I enjoyed the entertainment doesn't mean that I get to go. Now, if they come out with one and they don't have that stuff in there, I don't mind going back and watching it. But as long as you have that stuff in there, I'm not watching that. 
because I'm not going to entangle myself with a real world power of darkness and an opening of, of things to my spiritual life. Because the influence that's on that movie comes from the influence that was in that person's life that wrote it. That person who wrote it obviously doesn't have a good relationship with Jesus. I need to watch that. Is that the point, though, or it's it's interesting to tell what is even real, what's fiction and what's real, because they're taking things yeah. like witches and stuff, and they're combining it with things that Correct. probably aren't real, and then it's making it to where people nowadays, if you say, probably most people don't think that that's Correct. real. Correct. They don't think it's real, but it is. All right, so my friend, uh, he just recently went to heaven. Uh, and he was a warlock. He was, he was not like the, the magic missile wannabe wizard on that, on that news broadcast. Uh, if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, uh, he wasn't like a pretend wizard or warlock. This is a real deal warlock. It's like operating in dark power and then he gets born again. When he gets born again, Satan manifests in the church and says, give me my son back. And the pastor fainted, and the pastor's wife stood up and said, no, he's the Lord's, and you can't have him back. And, and the devil goes away. Wow. Yeah. The pastor <laughs> knocked out on the floor. He was, you know, so this is, this is the type of guy, right, that yes, he sir. was. And he's talking. So let me just tell you a little bit about how this goes. Dylan just brought up a point that's so, in, so important. And uh, here's what you see. And now I want you to see this. You, one of the things that they do was any time that you draw on a power that's not God, that you're, you're drawing from a source that's not the Lord, it's wrong, it's profane in that way. God should be the source of everything. That's why we have those questions. Who gets the glory and who's the source? Who gets the glory and who's the source? If God's not the answer to that, then, it, then it's wrong. It's, it's Something's wrong in that. All right, so then uh, one of the things that they would do is they they would rebel anytime they could rebel it would increase their dark power and uh it would uh they would fast they would fast they would meditate they 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 meditate more than most christians and fast more than most christians because those things are real they understand those things are real um they would have you know why um uh have you ever have you ever noticed that around witchcraft, there's always signs and symbols and trinkets? Have you ever seen that? They all play into like a spiritual thing, and there's like certain symbols to protect against certain things and block things. But they understand that the spiritual warfare is actually a warfare is one thing. And they would also have, um, they would have what's called familiars. Uh, you ever wondered why cats, black cats, are associated with witches ever wonder why and and the reason for that is is that cat is a familiar and what that basically meant was it was a slave to the witch or the warlock and it would do bidding for it in some way a familiar can literally be a familiar can literally be an animal it could also be a person and you'll see that sometimes when uh you know in like even in a movie You'll see like this this imp guy that that's yeah. following the strong yes, warlock or something. That's what yeah. that is. That that's what the, that's a portrayal of. But here's what happens when the attack comes. Like if another if they're fighting another warlock or a, or anything a, a Christian or whatever, and that attack comes, 
the familiar is set up to receive the blow. So that will die. So that's why you'll see like cats and dogs and around and different animals around somebody who's a witch or warlock because they're spiritually they've set it up and and cast spells and done different things to receive that and see people would say well this stuff isn't real (laughs) (laughs) you're not right (laughs) um no that they are real it is real and um but anyway they would have familiars so used to there was a game called uh, World of Warcraft, which when it first came out was a major phenomenon. Well, what was interesting in the church was that all of a sudden there was this uptick in demonic possession, right? And and you'll see that demonic possession and the familiars go hand in hand. And even in the last uh, one of the last couple of movies that have come out, you've got it where you've got this entity, this strong, powerful entity, a.k.a. demon, going, let me control you and I will make you powerful. Basically, almost those exact same words. That's how demonization works. Let me possess you and I'll, give you, I'll let you play with my power, right? Until, until it's time for them to take their life back. Like You're going to do it, but you're mine. You know, and so you'll see this in that world of Warcraft. You had a bunch of people that were getting uh, that were getting demonized and oppressed by devils and had to be cast out. And it's because in that game, it literally taught you that you go and get familiars. I'm watching. I had a friend showing it to me one time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is witchcraft 101. You're literally teaching the 101 principles of witchcraft. Right here in this game. And all these kids are playing it like it's just a game. And the devil's like, yeah, great, because I got them now. Now they're interested in this power. They're going to go beyond the game, and they're going to think this way. And then people say, well, I can separate between a game or not. Subconsciously, that's not the way that works. Subconsciously, your brain kind of feels in it. You're taking a part of it. I literally had a conversation one time when all the movies came out about vampires, and this teen literally thought, they thought, I'm a vampire. That's that's what I am. Because they had watched these movies, they had meditated on it so much, and their subconscious wanted to take part with that, and now I'm having to deal with this teen who thinks they're a vampire. Right? These things are not to be entangled with. They're not to be interwoven in our life. For a believer, that is not how it's supposed to how it's supposed to happen. And so a lot of times in what Dylan said, this is pretty much where all anime is now because someone is befriending a demon to help save his village or his friends, doing quote unquote good with demonic power. And he said completely evil. He's exactly right. He said all of these are surrounding some evil entity or some form of witchcraft in almost every one of them. Not to mention, like in anime and the different things like that, it's all about the soul. It's all mind, will, and emotions. Like it's so emotional and everything. It's playing right into where a teenager is, where their hormones are in, you know, are getting stirred up and they're feeling things they never, and they're, oh, woe is me and life is great. Life stinks. Life is great. Life stinks. And so it's designed to capture that person, draw them into being a very carnal, even if they're a Christian, a carnal yeah. and soulish Christian, yeah. and it's and it's simply the devil knows what he's doing. It's simply an entanglement, mm-hmm. 
And then when the time's right, he'll use that entanglement to pull them down. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting how much of the, what you pointed out, how much of the soul. And, and you've, you had a broadcast about how detrimental and how the enemy is going to use soulish yes, people. Correct. That's a trap in the end yes. times. But like Twilight, for instance, yeah. so soulish. Yeah. So it's not just about vampires. Correct. There are so many emotions. Correct. You are it. so right. And now I'll say entertaining. Yes. Yes. I went, I went and watched them because I had so many people watching them, talking about them. I'm like, I got to know about this as a pastor. So I could watch. I'm like, I enjoyed the, the story. Like, it is entertaining. But then it went to part two, part three. I think it got to part three or four when they get married. And it was not rated R. But it should have been for the emotions. That evoked. Like, I'm a married man. My wife's sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. Like, I feel I feel the stuff that they're, the emotions that they're discussing, right? I was like, so think about that. You've got all these teenagers at a young teenage age. They've trapped them in the story, entangled them in the story. Then they pull them in. Now they're 12 when they start watching it. Now they're 16. They're watching the third one or the fourth one, and they're watching things their brain shouldn't be thinking about. They should. There's thoughts and ideas and emotions a 16-year-old should not be having to meditate on and, and do the right thing with that thought. And the parents should have had enough wherewithal spiritually to see that coming and say, no, you can't go watch that. But... But spiritual level of America has been really low. But that's why we do broadcasts like this, so that the spiritual level rises. You see it for what it is. Go ahead, buddy. Hi. Um, actually, one of the things that was just coming up to me uh, also was, you know, especially even in the church. Um, I know there was a, a period of time, like several, like several decades ago, uh, where there was so much legalism, like if you dance, you're in sin. If you go see a movie, you're in sin. If you do this, you're in sin. Everything is sin. And, uh, and, and it appears that things have kind of swung ooh, to the other side of that to where like, oh, now it's just legalistic to bring up all these things. Now, you know, it's just entertainment. It's just like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Not everything is rooted in the spiritual thing. Yeah, and one like, brick at a time. Yeah, and it's kind of swung in the opposite direction. Where well, we don't want to be legalistic. We don't yeah. want to. We don't want to tell people what they should or shouldn't watch. We don't want to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. So the church has kind of gotten silent about it. Yeah. Um. And, and about these topics and about all this stuff because it's swung so much in that direction. Yeah. Now we don't. We don't want to offend people. We don't want to do do those things. But you were saying it earlier, sir. You know that a lot of this stuff does have a root. In, in a spiritual yes. thing and 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 the church as a whole and and we've kind of seen this the church as a whole has uh has recently become more carnally minded where we don't even consider or think about the spiritual anymore we don't really think about angels or demons or or the heart or the spirit behind certain things and 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 growing up i remember um you know there were certain things that we weren't allowed to watch or weren't allowed to to uh to be a part of and and i still kind of wanted to do it anyway um and but i i was not i i was very carnal in my thinking i didn't even consider the fact that there could be a spiritual root behind something 
And because of that, because I was so worldly, carnal-minded, I was just like, it's just, it's just a movie, it's just fiction, it's just entertainment, it's not a big deal. When in reality, it kind of was. Yeah. Um, or yeah. not kind of, it was. Yeah. Um, because I, like, I got so obsessed with like, the Phantom of the Opera, I would sing that all the time. And, uh, and it wasn't until like the last several years that I'm singing Angel of Music and I'm realizing she's inviting a demon. Enter at last, master, like angel of music, come wow. into me. And yeah. like I sang that. Yeah. How long? What was I inviting into my life? Just because. Oh, my gosh, that's straight talking about Satan. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it literally. I mean, I've never seen it. it I, I like uh, literally a few years ago, I went back to watch the Phantom of the Opera and I wanted to. I was like, oh, I remember this being like uh, really popular years ago. I'm watching it and it's literally like Angel of Music. Angel of Music, which, which is Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like, enter my soul. Enter yeah. at last. Yeah, Enter that's at last. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that. I've not seen that. Yeah, seen stay that. by my side, guide me. You know, like, that. those are lyrics, and I would sing that all the time. Like, enter, and, enter, enter. And the press, premise of the movie, though, is you feel bad for the, the main character when it's mm. actually the devil, but they get you to feel bad for him. Yeah, well, and, and just to add this one more thing, like, I didn't even really consider the spirit of who wrote that, because he's the same one who wrote Jesus Christ Superstar, which has, like, the the disciples yeah. uh, dancing with prostitutes, and, and that's a messed up, uh, that's a messed yeah. up just musical itself, but it was the same writer, the same spirit that, that authored those two musicals. So, you know, even Barrett said that using, we need to know what's going on in this movie. Her last, one church she was at, I don't know if it was the last one, but one church she was at took all their women to go see it. Like, have you lost your mind? Like, oh my gosh. And then, and here's the thing, like, okay, but the, she wrote, it's okay that we saw the sex scene because they're married. No, no, no. First of all, you shouldn't be, that is the marriage bed to not be shared. It should not be public in the first place, and we shouldn't see it publicly in that way. I was like literally in there like, oh, and I'm like, I'm not watching. I'm trying not to listen, la, 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 la. Like, I don't want to see that. We're not supposed to be seeing that. That's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be some, and that's PG or PG-13 or whatever it is. And I'm just, I'm sitting there literally in tears because as a pastor, I'm thinking about how many teenage girls are going to have to deal with that, that image now. And they're going to have to deal with all the feelings and the hormones and the emotions. And they're going to be so tempted beyond what they're capable of handling if they don't have Jesus. And they shouldn't even be seeing it in the first place. And, you know, what's the writer doing? They're just trying to make money or whatever. Or maybe they're evil and they're trying to get people in trouble with sin, which does happen in that way. So it's like these are things that, you know, the devil knows what he's doing. And, and yeah. again, one brick at a time. You have to be mindful of it. And when you feel the leading of the Holy Ghost to step away from these things, you, you need to step away. And so I, that, be ready to be ready to let them go. It's not going to hurt you to not watch it for a while. Like, it's not going to hurt you. You will be fine, you know. Barrett, Barrett said, for no, most every woman that went to that movie God. later dealt with affairs and their marriage afterwards. She said she's not exaggerating. She can't think of one aside from her 
that that went and didn't deal with it. How ignorant of a church! This, you know that uh, that scripture you do err not knowing the scripture nor the power of God is so prevalent today because even the people who are leading churches, uh, they and like that's. They don't know what they're doing. And that's opening up the door. That is everything contrary to what we just said today. From the beginning of this broadcast till now, it's completely contrary to the Word of God. Rachel said, I can tell just by walking to school how much these things pull kids in. There are literally kids filing their teeth down to be vampires and so much more. Yeah, not just the, the ones on the outside either. All of them filed. Like, that permanent thing to their teeth because they feel a certain way, living by their soul. I'm telling you, the last day's trap is an attack against the soul, against the mind, will, and emotions. Well, and there's one that, since we're talking about it, I'm just going to call it out right now. There's one that you have said that you really don't like. It's not supernatural. It's not like this. But it's the soul. It's the emotions. And that's Gilmore Girls. Yes, you talked about how it's all soulish, and and you have to be mindful of that because you're not supposed to be. When you go back, there's a series we did on the three types of Christians: the carnal Christian, the soulish Christian, the spiritual Christian. And we're only supposed to be the spiritual Christian. We're supposed to get rid of the carnality and the soulish side of that. And if we're constantly feeding the soul and feeding our emotions, it's like the same thing with soap operas and stuff like that. These things lead to demonic oppression, and people don't realize because they think they don't exist. Yeah. So, you know, looking, and, and I'm going to let Buddy and, and all the other guys start catching up. We have, I saw a ton of comments up above. So start getting the ones that we need. I'm going to let you uh, decide what needs to be said or not said. Maybe I'll handle some of them in the meantime. But just looking at some of these. All right, so looking, let's start with yoga. All right, yoga was designed to worship other gods and invite demon entities to fill them. It was literally designed to empty yourself to be refilled with God, their Hindu gods. Their Hindu gods, all right? You're, let me just say this to you. You're going to see in the next few years an uptick of Hinduism and Buddhism like we, I believe we've never seen before. You're going to see a surge of the New Age Hinduism, Buddhism, and so many things. All right, now, here it is. Even when they say the word namaste, it literally means that the little G God, not not God Almighty, not Jesus, the little G, which is basically demon, the little G God in me salutes the God in you. So in other words, I recognize it's not like a peaceful, neutral word like peace. It's not saying peace. It's saying I salute the God that's in you. That's what that word means, Gosh. right? So they're like, namaste. And they, they literally are denying Almighty God to honor and worship the God in, in the other person. I didn't even know that. I know. Most people don't. And, and so I literally talked to somebody this morning, and they actually knew a yoga master that had been born again. And the yoga master said, people have no idea what they're doing in these poses 
Stretching is fine. Stretching's good. Stretching's fine. But in yoga, it was designed to basically worship and entertain the demonic and open yourself up. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the years that have been completely like their life just wrecked once they started yoga and once they got out of it, everything cleaned up because you're opening the door to the demonic. So it's not the stretching part that's bad. It's the poses themselves were designed under this influence. And when you participate, you're taking part with. And again, I'll go back to because you start talking about Christian yoga. You want to see a fight? Go post it publicly about yoga and Christians and just watch it. And you'll see so many, quote unquote, Christians who will fight to keep that lordship of yoga in their life instead of not being entangled with it. You'll see it. And it's like, oh my goodness. And uh, even the places are like, well, we take out the spiritual side of yoga. You can't do that. You can't do that because the poses were designed in a spiritual way. You can't separate. Those poses are spiritual. You can't separate that. So you you can have other things like Pilates, stuff like that. That can be fine. But if you go into a Pilates place and they're mixing yoga and that, you're still in the same place. And so you have to be mindful of that. I believe in being flexible. I believe in, I've actually learned a whole lot about how much that helps your health. But it's not worth it to enter into the spiritual side of that. Okay. Um, There's a lot of different stuff. We're not going to spend a ton of time on these. Pokemon, we talked about it yesterday. These are literally, if you talk to people that actually know in the spirit, these are actual demons that they've cart- made a cartoon of, and they, and they actually will draw on their power to defeat their enemies and stuff like that. It's literally like what Dylan said earlier. It's giving you interest in this stuff. You watch, I, I've watched it for years as a pastor. The kids that play with that stuff, almost every one of them, they, they really have issues the further they grow up demonically and, and spiritually. They have issues because they're literally opening themselves up to that stuff all the time. Um, I have a real quick question. What yeah. about the when there are TV shows or things and they have something that is demonic? They have like a, a fictional demon character, but yeah. they are portraying that demon character as evil. Yeah. So that's why some Christians say, well, in the show, they're not saying that it's good. They're saying that it's bad. What would you say to that? Well, it, it depends on how they're portraying it. I mean, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have a bad demon character, but then they'll have a good demon character. There is no good demon yeah. character. Like, yeah. that's a mixture of the two. There is no, there is no, you know white magic and black magic. I mean, there's things that people do with that. They would say, no, there is white magic. There is, but let me just classify it all into one category. Magic, right? Like spiritual magic. I'm not talking about illusion. I'm talking about spiritual magic in that way. That's what the word literally tells us not to deal with. So let me let me read this to you real quick. Um, so 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Obviously, it's talking about witchcraft is bad. That's the basic point I wanted you to see. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. If you're stubborn about letting go of some of these things, it's idolatry. Yeah. And it's iniquity. If you're not, if you're entangled and you don't want to let go and you're stubbornly hanging on to it, that's idolatry and iniquity. All right. 
He says, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected you from being king. So these are bad things. He lost his kingship. He lost his authority. We are supposed to be the ones that gain authority, not lose authority. Leviticus 19.26, or let, let me read this, Second uh, Chronicles 33.6. He, this this particular person was really bad. He made his sons pass through the fire in the valley. He practiced witchcraft. He used divination. He practiced sorcery. And he dealt with mediums and spiritists. How much evil in, in the sight of the Lord provoking him to anger. So all of these things, they are to the Lord, they're evil in God's sight. They are not to be. So you got somebody that goes to a psychic, that's an evil thing. A spiritist. That's an evil thing inside the Lord. It shows right here. It's in the Bible. I'm just reading scripture. I'm just, yeah. It's real. It's it's in here. Just because you don't think it's real doesn't mean it's not real. And then Leviticus 19.26. You shall not eat anything with the blood or practice divination or soothsaying. Here's the definition. Divination. To practice divinity outside of God. To practice divinity outside of God. To move in divine things that God is not the source of, okay? Fortune-telling and an observer of omens or to whisper magic spells. So this is, this is divinity. He, he says, this, you are not to do this. We know these things are evil. Soothsaying means, and, and this is interesting, to cover or conceal to do it in the dark, basically, to hide it from, from the world. But see, we're getting to the place now where you remember how do you build a wall or tear it down one brick at a time? Yeah. There's enough bricks been removed. They're starting to come out of the closet now with this yeah. stuff. And just, I mean, Disney for a while, Nickelodeon, Disney, it was all witchcraft. I mean, every commercial was witchcraft, teaching all of our kids to operate in witchcraft. Yeah. And then he says, Sue's saying to cover or conceal, to conjure to practice spiritism, magic, or witchcraft. So you can see, like, anything in that area is something we should definitely not take part with, and we should certainly not be intertwined and entangled with. Um, I saw earlier Joni had a, a comment that said something like, to the parents that would say to their kids, don't look at that, or parents who have tried to warn kids Right now, there's so much rebellion in my generation. Yeah. And, and in, it, I mean, it's innately in the flesh. It's yeah. not just my... Anyone who is born in the flesh, they have rebellion in them, and they need to get that crucified. Yeah. Yes, But correct. there's... Honestly, there needs to be a repentance of some people. Of My parents, there are people that have tried to warn me, and I didn't listen to them. And how much better off would people be right yeah. now... If people would, if people my age, even older, would humble themselves and actually listen, because right now there's so much darkness, there's so much deception, but there are things that other generations, they already know. There are people who know these things. Yes. Yes. There are older men and women who know these things. Yes. And yes. my generation hasn't been listening. No, they've not. They've been rebelling against that, which is witchcraft, which opens the door to witchcraft. It opens the door in those ways and makes it you more entangled in there, that. So. There are so many reels and different things yeah. like making fun 
of of adults or or parents, I should say, yeah. who say, "Hey, don't watch this," and it just there are liter there are Christian pages who are making fun of people yeah. who are actually very yeah. wise yeah. and making them out to be legalistic yes. or whatever. And right. that goes back to what Buddy was saying: was there is this pendulum that was swung of okay, yeah. people are legalistic. Now we don't want legalism, so we're just going to run right into the world. Yeah. Well, there's always a cycle. There's always a cycle. Uh, unfortunately, in the world, it's it's spiraling down, right, and getting worse and worse. But you'll see a cycle of extreme. Um, you know, you'll see a cycle of extreme legalism, and then you'll see a cycle of extreme uh, what they would say freedom, right? And we're going to read a scripture about that in a second. Freedom. But I want to I want to just quickly cover each one of these. So you had yoga. You got the Pokemon. Basically, Pokemon is short for pocket monsters. So monsters that you keep in your pocket. That literally is what demon, demonization means. Yep. <laughs> is that you you carry demons with you? They're yep. your friends. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. That you're carrying you're carrying you're carrying these little... your monsters with you, like that. I mean, it's so it's like right there. But people are they because they're entangled with it, and they don't know who. See, a lot of this comes down to identity. They don't know who they're called to be. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You don't need any any pocket monsters. You don't need any friends that, that are bringing a lower power than God. You've got the highest power. That's who you are in Christ. You don't need that. Matter of fact, the warlock guy and my multiple guys, they're like, you know the person that we can't do anything with? Praying Christians. Can't even touch them. And if we do touch them, our own curses will come back on us. Well, that's biblical. You try to, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. God's more powerful. They can't do anything. And many of them know it. They just don't want to ever submit to them, so they rebel, right? So you're looking at, it's like, it's like it's really easy and simple, but people don't want to submit to God. And they, because they think that God is lesser in, in their mind because they like the pleasures of sin. God's so much more. The devil constantly takes God's thing. Listen, if God was so bad, why does the devil keep counterfeiting his stuff? Why, why can't he do his own stuff? He's got to take the things of God and counterfeit them all the time. As that's what Dylan was saying earlier. There's like the Kundalini spirit. It's so close to a move of the Holy Ghost that people in the Holy Spirit are accused of that. Listen, the devil copied God. God didn't copy the devil, right? Yeah. The devil copied God. Yeah. Because he didn't have his own stuff. He's yeah. trying to make stuff like God to make himself like God. But he's not. He's a counterfeit, right? So you can see, even in, you know, we're in that series, Counterfeits and Forfeitures. You see how much this has been interwoven over these last few weeks of stuff? All right, so what was the other one? Anime. Anime, we already talked about how soulish it is. It's demonic. It's soulish. It's drawing off of that. You know, I mean, everything's so emotional, so soulish. Oh, I don't know. Same thing with the Twilight series. Same thing. Yeah. And then basically... Harry Potter, I've never watched it. I've never read the books, right? But I know this. I know that it's basically Witchcraft 101. And, and I also know that they, the earlier books might be a little bit neutral, but the later you get into blood covenants and all kinds yes. of stuff like that. Like the, you don't even need to be taking part with that in that way. 
Yes. You know, anything like that, anything that comes along these lines of the divination, the soothsaying, let me read this again. You know, anything that comes along, practicing divinity or power, divine power outside of God, fortune telling, observing omens that God's not sending by the Holy Ghost, that God's not doing, right? Observing the omens, I'm reading horoscopes, signs of the time, stuff like that, that God's not in. Whispering magic cells uh, to cover or conceal soothsaying, to conjure, practice spiritism, magic, or witchcraft. Anything along those lines, it's evil, and we're, we, are, we can come in contact with it, but we're never to take part with it, and we're surely not to be entangled by it that way. So there's, is there anything on our thumbnail I didn't cover? Halloween. That's like, that is literally where witches, witch, <laughs> Halloween is not a game to witches. It's their holiday to celebrate rebellion against God, basically. And, and you've got Christians that play along with it. You know, it's like, no, we're supposed to go into Halloween and break up the party by showing the love of God and the power of God, not join hands with it. You know, so anyway. Yeah, old horror movies. Oh, my goodness. It's the spirit of fear. Why would you open yourself up to a spirit? You're taking part with something exactly opposite of the character and nature of God. He said, God is love, and perfect love cast out all fear. Yeah. Why would you go take part of something completely ungodly and holy? Well, and would you... Unholy. Would you um, uh, define the difference between um, coming in contact with something and then entangling yourself with something? Because there are so many yeah. Christians who say, I watch this, but it doesn't bother me, so I'm not entangled with it. Can you give it up? Why are you fighting to keep watching it? That's the simple answer. Is like, okay, then, fine, give it up. That's it. Well, I don't want to. Well, you're entangled with it. You're you're taking part with it. You think you've not. You think that you've not taken part with it. But if you can't give it up, you've you've taken part with it. <coughs> and for me, all right, all right. Let me give you the personal one for me. Okay, the one that, that made my flesh cringe, Star Wars. Star Wars. I grew up, I rem, that was the first movie I ever went to that I can remember was Star Wars. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Everything like that. It's not even an issue of whether or not it's godly or ungodly. The Star Wars literally is a mixture of Hinduism, Buddhism, and Christianity, and Judaism. It's like, and Kabbalah, it's like, it's like this crazy mixture of all of these things. There's actually some spiritual truths in that. I mean, you can, I, I can remember wanting to be in faith like Luke used the force. You know, I can remember that as a kid. There's some, there's some truth to that. But here's the thing. And then, can I give it up? And I remember one time the Lord said, what if I told you to give up Star Wars? I was like, no, Star Wars, Star Wars is great. I like it. And I was like, and I realized I was entangled with it. I was like, okay, you tell me to give it up, I'll give it up. And, and even right now, they're coming out with all these new series. And, and some of these series, they're starting to blend in these different cults and different <laughs> religions. And I mean, they're like real world religions, not just fictional ones. You know, you got the witches of something that's they just brought into the picture in this last one. 
Like, you know, it's like, why did you do that? You don't have to do it. But see, what it is is you have worldly people coming into, you have worldly people coming into fictional things and bringing their stuff in, their influence in, their impartation of what they believe in into what they're writing. And now that impartation goes into everybody that reads it or watches it. You have to be very mindful of that. Buddy had a follow-up yeah. question. What if they say they're willing to give it up? The I can quit any time deception. Then do it. Do it for a year. Yeah. Then do it. Don't just say it. Do it. For a whole year. Don't, don't take part of any part of it. Then we'll talk. Well, well, I don't have to do that to prove it. No, you don't. No, you don't. But you just told me that you're entangled with it. You just proved it. Because if you're not entangled with it, you don't care if you give it up. <laughs> Do it for two years. Do it for five. I don't know, maybe just never do it again. You see what I'm saying? Why is it that something's got us like that? Nothing's supposed to be our... All right, now, we're going to talk about how to come out of it and how to look at this. All right, so John 17, where we started. John 17, 14. Jesus praying for his disciples. Let Go to verse 20. It's the last verse because I'm going to show you he's not just talking about the disciples that were in front of him. He's talking about... He's talking about the... Um, he's talking about everybody that would ever read this. And here's what we're going to do. There's a lot of people that have asked questions, and we're not going to be able to get to those today. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to come back tomorrow. We're going to get all these questions, and I'm going to try to answer them all tomorrow. But let me finish with how to come out of this and what, what's the truth to keep us free. And let's look at this. So John 17, 14 through 20. Read verse 20 first. It says this. He says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone. In other words, these disciples that are sitting in front of my face alone. He said, but I'm asking you this. Jesus is praying to the Father. I'm asking for those who believe in me through their word. That's every person who would ever be a believer. So what he's praying and showing us in verse 14 through 20 is for every believer for all time. Okay, And here's what he says, 14. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Now, did Jesus pray that we would be kept from the evil one? Did Jesus ever not, was Jesus ever not in faith? So did this prayer come to pass? But has evil ever touched you? Okay, yes. there's a contradiction here, or there's another variable. Yes. There's a variable here that is obviously there's something else there. Yes. Right? Okay, so Jesus got his prayers answered. We're kept, but why would we still get touched by evil? He's about to tell you. It's right here. He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. What does sanctify mean? Cleanse, make holy, set apart. So keep them from evil. Set them apart from evil. 
So he's literally saying, here's how you're going to set them apart. Here's how you're going to keep them holy and keep evil from my holy people. Here's how you're going to do it. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So see, a believer that applies the word will be set apart and sanctified and kept from the evil one. But a believer who doesn't accept truth, they would be in rebellion, like witchcraft, and they would be touched by that evil and entangled by that evil. But see, it's the word of God that is actual truth. And the believer that actually, he says, sanctify them in the truth. In other words, I've got to take the truth and I have to let the truth of God make me holy, keep me from evil. I've got to listen to the truth or else I'm going to get entangled with the evil. I'm going to get woven into the evil. I've got to let the word keep me separate, keep me holy. I've got to hear the word, know the word. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Of God. My people are destroyed for that. My people are going into captivity for a lack of understanding. Lack of understanding of what? Of God's things, of truth, right? So he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So the variable is that you and I, even though we're believers, God doesn't make us live by the truth. He doesn't, he doesn't make us live by the word. We have to decide if we're going to live by the word or not. And if we'll live by the word, this promise will be enacted, will be kept. All right, now, he says, as you have sent me into the world, I've also sent them. For their sakes, I sanctify myself. Oh, that just answers a question for me. Praise God. That they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Again, we see they're made holy and kept in truth. And Jesus, as our covering, he sanctified himself so that that truth and sanctification could happen to us as well. And he says, I don't just pray for these that are here, but I pray for everyone that will ever believe on me in their word. So he's talking to us. So can you see, if you want to stay away from these things, we must live by the truth. His word is truth. We must live by the truth. We must know it. We must yield to it. We can't fight against it or try to hold on to our little pet thing, right? We have to give ourselves, Jesus is either Lord in that area or he's not. I don't need to be interwoven with other ungodly, common, profane things. Then 2 Timothy 2.4, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. He's able to step away from it at any moment. He literally is not entangled. He can put it down. And if it comes on the carpet as a question, he ought to probably just let go of it just to show I'm not entangled in it, right? And he says, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Luke 8, 14, the seed of which fell among thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit maturity. We're called to have fruit. So as a believer who are one of our main responsibilities in God is to have fruit, then one of our main responsibilities is let me do everything that would that would keep fruit flowing and do nothing that would stop fruit. And, and so he says, if I entangle myself, 
I'll be with the worries and riches and even pleasures of this life. And that movie is so entertaining. It's a pleasure to me. That game is so entertaining. It's a pleasure to me. Yeah, and it can choke the fruit out of your life. And what it's literally talking about here is it can choke what what's what's the what's the fruit coming from? What seed? What seed is the fruit coming from in Luke Luke 8? It's the seed of the word. The seed of truth. And he's saying, you won't have the fruitfulness of truth if you have worries, riches, and pleasures of this life choking it. Yeah. So again, our answer is the word of God and truth. That's why the devil fights it so much. It's why he wants you to say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's a pleasure of this life that very easily can choke the fruit of your life, very easily can allow your life to be intermingled with evil. Right? Then Second Peter 2, 18 through 21. Says, talking about people of the world here, they brag about themselves, this is the new living. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. Oh, I can get rid of that. It doesn't have a hold on me. Not realizing that their words are empty. And foolish, boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped a lifestyle of deception. You see that just from that scripture. There's some of us, we barely escape deception. We're going around like like we'd made it, we came out strong, like it was us. But we barely escaped. Barely escaped deception, some of us. So stop acting like we've arrived or that it was us who did it. That's yeah. foolish boasting. You see what I'm saying? See, see this, the truth of God's word is really laying all this out and showing it clearly, but we've not wanted to read these scriptures. Let's read other scriptures. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Glory to God. And that's true, but that's not the only scripture in the Bible. Okay. He says, they barely escape lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom. No, you don't want to be a slave to all that legalism. We're free. We're in grace. We can do this. We're strong enough to not let this stuff capture us. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. You know, every person that rebels against authority is actually a slave to a wicked authority. Every person, every person that is in rebellion against authority is actually a slave to a wicked authority. You know, they'll rebel against that. Rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. You know, and they don't realize they're playing right into slavery as they make those statements. They're, they're literally walking a slave's life, but they don't see it. And that goes back to yeah. the whole start of this. There are two kingdoms. You're Correct. going to submit to one of them. You are going to, yes. There's two kingdoms, and you're a part of one or the other. You can't stop that. You can't change that. That's truth. That's truth. They themselves, you can say, well, no, I'm not going to be a part of any kingdom. You already are. You were when you were born. 
All right. They themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you, whatever has you entangled. You're a slave. And when people escape the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. So some people get born again, and then they, they, they don't know the dangers of the wickedness of the world, and they go back and they're in touch with it, and then they take part with it, and then they're entangled in a thing of the world. They're entangled in that. And all of a sudden, when they're entangled in that thing, they don't realize. But then they'll fight for that thing instead of fighting for the freedom that Christ gives. And their, their position is so much worse than it was before. And they'll literally open up to rebellion and open up to demonic things through that rebellion, saying that they're free. But they're actually jumping headfirst into slavery. He says... They get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. They're worse off than before. It can literally lead to them losing their salvation too. It says, it would be better if they had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the command that they were given to live a holy life. So let me just ask you this. Are these serious things? Are these things we should play with? Are these things that we should just dabble with or anything? Or should we take it serious? Like it's not a game. God's not speaking like it's a game here. This is death and life eternally that's laid out. These are not all the things that are on that uh, thumbnail and all that. It's not just a game. It's not just a movie. It's not just a series. It's more than that. It's an entanglement with the, with the pleasures of this world that we have to be mindful of. It doesn't mean that you can't go watch a movie. It doesn't mean that you fall into legalism and you're never in the world. You know, you'll see some people, they'll shut up themselves up in the house. They'll never have a TV. They'll never do anything. That's not what God's saying. He's saying, don't be enslaved to it. Don't be entangled with it. Be willing to put it down in a heartbeat. You know, when the Lord told me to fast media or to give up media for a year, right? I was like, my first response was, oh, I don't want to do that. And then I was like, why do I not want to do that? You know, why do I not want God? Why do I want to dance around not having that? And it was one of the best things I ever did in my life. So for a year, I didn't watch any movie, any TV, anything. And so, all right, now watch. 1 Corinthians 9, last, last set of verses. 1 Corinthians 9, 23 through 27. I do all things for the sake of the gospel. That right there should solve this. Why are you playing the game? Is it for the gospel's sake? Is it for the love of Christ? Are you going to see that movie for the gospel's sake? Are you watching that series for the gospel's sake? It's like, no, I'm, I'm doing this for my flesh. <laughs> that's, that's the real answer that nobody wants to say. No, I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for my flesh. Listen to this. Here it is, the truth. That sets us free and keeps us apart from evil. Here's why. I do all things for the sake of the gospel. There's your reason. You see how, see how simple that is? But yet, people are doing it. They're, they're like, no, 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 I'm doing it because of what? Not for the gospel. It's not like you were in your prayer time and the Lord told you to go get involved in this. In, the, in a vast majority of things. You know, like, for example, when I went and watched the 
those movies. He actually did tell me to go watch them as a pastor because I'm overseeing people's lives. But even as I'm there, I'm like, dear God, like I don't even want to see this. My flesh wanted to see the end of the story. My flesh was involved, but my spirit was cringing the whole time, cringing. And I knew what I had to deal with. And sure enough, some, some time later, in comes the teenager who thinks they're a vampire because they've been watching the same movies. And they want the soulish feel of what they saw in that movie. So they're imagining it and they're thinking that they can do it. And I'm having to deal with it. And I know where it came from, right? But most people, he's not going to tell that. Most people are not pastors, right? He's not going to tell that kind of stuff to. But, you know, could he? Sure. But the issue is, did he? Did he? I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Don't run in such a way that you're entangled. If you're entangled, you're going to trip and be slow. Run in a way that you're not entangled. You actually are spiritually free. You're running in holiness. 25, everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. We, are, we need to exercise self-control. Then, they then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we receive an imperishable prize. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. See, when we entangle ourselves with, with things of the world, we're acting like a Christian, but our, our blows against the enemy are not landing. We're beating the air. Then he, then he says, but I discipline my body. I make my flesh my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So we're in the world, but we're not of it. We will touch things that are evil, but not be affected by it. We'll come by them. We may even see a series or a movie or play a game or something, but we should never be entangled by it where it's hard to get a release. There should, it, nothing should have a hard hold, and a, a prolonged hold. Nothing should have a prolonged hold from entanglement from this day forth. Nothing should have that. So it doesn't really matter what the things are or what their name is. Literally, nothing should, this has a hold on you, fill in the blank. Nothing should ever be in that blank. And doesn't matter what its name is, whether it's yoga or Pokemon or whatever it is, nothing should be in that blank. And as we go forward, we will actually walk in freedom and the power of God will be with you and you'll be free from these unholy things. You'll be walking in the power of God's holiness. When you pray, your, your prayers will be met with answers and solutions. Your joy will be full. Your peace will be overflowing. All the things that you thought you were giving up in the flesh, you'll have those things and more in a reality and not a counterfeit. And you won't be forfeit, but you'll stand in front of Jesus and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to pray for you right now. Father, right now, anything that has had an entanglement in our life or we've taken part with, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of that entanglement. In Jesus' name now, Father, we receive 
your true freedom by your word and the name of Jesus, his authority, that from this day forward, we can let it all go. Lay anything down that holds us. Lay anything down that entangles us. Lay anything down that we've wrongly taken apart with, and we can tell it no and walk away empowered by you from this day forward. Father, we receive that freedom. We have it, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you so very, very much. We'll see you tomorrow and answer some of the questions on these things because I saw some good questions coming through, uh, and we love you so very much. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Here's Abigail to wrap it up. Hey, guys, we want to make it an opportunity really quickly. If the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow into this broadcast, to sow into this soil, we want to make it easy for you to do so. You can go to giveww.org. We have all the ways you can give down below. By no means do we want to pressure you into giving. We give this broadcast freely to you all. But if the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow, because I believe he may be placing it on some people's hearts, then we just want to make it easier for you to be obedient. And we also want to pray a blessing over that seed and over that harvest because we're attaching our faith with you. So right now, Lord, every person who is sowing into your kingdom, sowing into the soil, we thank you for them. Thank you for that seed. Thank you that their harvest is pressed down, shaken together, running over, and is coming quickly back into their hands in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. Thank you that it is multiplied. In Jesus' name, 